for CertSecurity.com, I'm Rob Westervelt. You're listening to Security Wire Weekly for July 25th, 2007. Burton Group expert Chris Haddad explains some of the latest web services dangers and new threats emerging with the development of service-oriented architectures. Also a look at the week's news, including a new hacking technique that exploits a common programming error, an Apple iPhone flaw discovered by researchers recently, and a warning issued by Cisco over its wireless LAN controllers. First, this message will be changing the RSS feed for this podcast. You can subscribe to the new feed by visiting searchsecurity.com slash podcast. Again, we'll be changing the RSS feed. So head over to searchsecurity.com slash podcast and subscribe to the new RSS feed on that page. And of course, thanks for listening to the program. Next, my interview with Chris Haddad of the Burton Group. I met up with Chris at the Burton Group Catalyst Conference in San Francisco. And Chris Chris is, has over 17 years of experience architecting and, and managing development initiatives and advising on product strategy for web service companies. He's director of technical architecture for the Burton Group. And what we centered the conversation around is on web services security and some of the threats that arise from service-oriented architecture development. Well, Chris, thanks for being with us. Um, I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about um, the evolution of SOA deployment and what stage companies are are in at this point, um, and then where security fits into that that whole process. Over the last two years, organizations have been in a planning phase. They've been educating themselves about the security threats and risks that they have to mitigate against and crafting a service-oriented security strategy and understanding how their technologies can fill the gaps and when they need to purchase new infrastructure and adopt new security protocols. We've seen in the recent months where organizations are moving out of that planning phase and into more of a infrastructure selection and deployment phase where they have gone through a RFP process and are actually purchasing various products to help secure their service message traffic. What are some of the products that they're looking at and um was security really forefront in their minds when SOA began to really to really buzz from from the vendor perspective? Well, ever since we started to extend the reach of our business systems to partners, clients, suppliers, security has been foremost because we're exposing our sensitive business assets to the outside world, outside our normal firewall. And when you move towards service orientation, the hard walls that you built up around your system disappear. The boundary and perimeter goes away. And organizations have 
therefore been very concerned about the risks that they might introduce and have put in place additional technology to secure their service interactions, uh, such as the introduction of an XML gateway, an XML VPN, an XML firewall into their infrastructure portfolio. Is, uh, I was going to ask you about the vendor landscape and where some of the early investments are right now in terms of security. And it, it, you mentioned XML gateways. Is that is that one area where companies are really beginning to invest in? We've seen significant adoption of XML gateway product offerings by client or enterprise organizations. We've seen that the volume of products shipped in that space has exploded dramatically during the early part of this year and will continue. A lot of the product category growth has been driven by acquisition of leading vendors, startup vendors, by the big players, the IBMs of the world acquiring data power. Cisco acquiring reactivity, and that has brought additional marketing and a very well-equipped sales channel to sell those product offerings. What threats are, are there right now that uh, is cause for concern and, and cause for introducing security? The WSI organization has a very good position paper that is entitled Security Challenges, Threats, and Countermeasures. And they list the main threats that you need to be aware of and protect yourself against. These threats are from altering messages that are in flight between a server sender and a receiver, ensuring that the message remains confidential, ensuring that falsified messages are not sent to your service. There's other attacks that you want to prevent, such as the classic man-in-the-middle attack and principal spoofing or a sender forging claims that they have more rights and privileges than they actually should be entitled to. Uh, two other more Technology-centric attacks are a replay attack, where I can capture a message for a million-dollar transaction and then replay that four more times so I can deposit $5 million into my bank account rather than just one. And there's also the denial-of-service attack that we commonly hear about uh, when the big service providers are attacked. These are exploits that can't necessarily be mitigated through traditional security? We're looking to mitigate these attacks inside the network application platform itself. We're looking to intercept the messages before they reach our application services and inspect these messages at a level above the traditional network technologies. So Rather than just having an XML, a, a firewall in place that understands how to prevent denial of service attacks, we're looking to inspect the XML message itself and to understand the 
intent of the message and how to protect it in a more seamless fashion. And this is where security protocols that are tuned to layer seven, uh, such as WS security, become very important at not only mitigating these particular threats, but actually addressing additional security requirements, such as protecting data in motion, protecting data at rest, providing the ability to monitor and audit message traffic from a security perspective. What are some impediments to putting together a web services strategy? The main impediments is, one, not fully understanding your security policies, because a security strategy should be driven from your CSO's office, and it should be based in what policies you actually have to enforce in your enterprise. So understanding how your security policies extend out to services and extend out to service message traffic. I found that most security policies I review are very focused on web application interaction between a browser and a particular web app. And they do not focus on either traditional integration or traditional message traffic or web services themselves. So we commonly see that the policies have to be tuned to directly address these the threats I mentioned earlier, the requirements, security requirements that should be considered, and then organizations have to map the technology they have in place today against the security requirements and policies that they desire to enforce. And that's where organizations see that they either don't fully understand their policies or they don't understand the new technology that's out there to help reduce their risk posture. You mentioned WS security. Are companies beginning to deploy WS security? Companies are just now adopting WS security as a mainstream way of doing business. Uh, it's been very hard, difficult for organizations to adopt WS security in the past because the tooling to implement the specification has been fairly immature. You had to be a rocket scientist to connect up a .NET service client with a J2E service in using the specification. The introduction of web service security products such as XML gateways and XML VPNs has enabled teams to implement this specification in a more easy manner. Can you explain um, what is SSL and WS security and are they, are they good enough protocols for securing message traffic? SSL uh, stands for Secure Socket Layer, and it's a way to encrypt message traffic between a client and a service. The encryption happens at the network layer, 
and it's only good between a particular client and a particular server. And so it builds a very tight connection between the two. If the message is then taken off the wire or routed to another service provider, the mess the security context disappears. Protocols such as WS security enable the security context to span across multiple intermediaries who can inspect the message and who might be routing and passing the message along. And that's where providing a level above the network enables you to keep the encryption in place even when the message is taken off of the wire. So do companies have a choice between using WS security or SSL or can they use a combination of both? A best practice is to use a combination of both. So you continue to rely on your network level security mechanisms and augment it with actually protecting the message envelope itself using protocols such as WS security and the various credential profiles that are associated with it. I wanted you to describe a little bit what an XML gateway is for those listeners who don't know what an XML gateway is and why it's important to a company's uh, web services security strategy. An XML gateway is a hardware appliance that provides hardware-assisted acceleration of encryption and digital signing capabilities. So these are very expensive operations that can be offloaded from your service platform to a dedicated device. XML gateways serve as central choke points where they monitor, control, and secure web service traffic and can apply security services to that traffic such as authentication, authorization, encryption, signature processing, credential mapping, message scanning, protection from denial of service attacks. So you'll see that these are very full-feature rich devices that are heavily focused on security. In addition to that, they have many other value-add capabilities such as service monitoring, provisioning of policies amongst clients and services, and they provide a central place to control your security posture through definition of policies in these systems that are then distributed across your your endpoints as declarative policies that are enforced throughout your environment. Who within the organization is making the decisions on, on purchasing decisions in terms of web services security? And who's driving these web services project projects right now? How is that shaping out within or the early adopters right now? It's not necessarily web service projects. Web service adoption has been very organic. Developers have the tools today to produce services. 
web services. And we see that there are a multitude of unmanaged, unsecured web services inside an organization's data center and across their application landscape. So this is sort of a gradual adoption then. Companies are finding that these web services are beginning to be introduced into their systems and into Right. Companies are realizing that they have to gain control of this environment. And they're looking to gain economies of scale and benefits from adopting service-oriented architecture concepts. And to do that, they're looking to put robust infrastructure in place that can actually, where you can actually produce highly available, reliable, secure, and managed services that consumers, service consumers, can rely upon. That was Chris Haddad of the Burton Group. Next, the news. Researchers at Watchfire say they've discovered a reliable method for exploiting a common programming error. That programming error, dangling pointers, had been considered simply a quality problem, but not a security vulnerability. The security researchers are Jonathan Affick and Adi Sharabani. Dangling pointers are errors in software code that fail to refer to a valid object. Often the object that was referenced was deleted without changing the value of the pointer. The researchers will give a presentation on the dangling pointer exploit at the Black Hat briefings in Las Vegas in August. A group of security researchers have found a couple of ways of taking complete control of the Apple iPhone. It's the first time researchers have reported a successful exploit of the device. The researchers are with independent security evaluators. They say that once the attack is performed successfully, a hacker can access the entire phone. One of the attack scenarios involves sending an iPhone user to a malicious website. Then a Safari browser flaw is exploited and the attacker can gain access. And finally this week, Cisco Systems issued an advisory today warning customers of several vulnerabilities in its wireless LAN controllers that could be exploited remotely to conduct a denial-of-service attack. The issue first came to light during a series of incidents at Duke University last week when the Durham, North Carolina school experienced temporary disruptions to its wireless network. Cisco said it will release software updates for versions 3.2 and 4.0 of, of its LAN controller software on July 27th. Version 4.1 is now available from Cisco. And those versions are in Cisco 4100 and 4400 series wireless LAN controllers, and the Airspace 4000 series and the Catalyst 3750 series of Cisco's integrated wireless LAN controllers. That ends this edition of Security Wire Weekly. Be sure to check out our previous podcast by going to searchsecurity.com slash podcast. And as always, you can get the latest news and information by going to our news page at searchsecurity.com slash news. For now, I'm Rob Westervelt. Have a great day. <laughs>